guys have technical difficulties. So. We're patient. We can one minute. No worries. We can handle one minute. Yeah, I, can, I don't have any like jokes off the cuff here. So <laughs> no, but they had a great great week at Generation Unleashed. Ray's like all pumped up. Michelle all pumped up. Despite the ice storm, yeah, that's true. There was one hour delay. You want to say something, Michelle? I was very honored to be with all of you students, and thank you so much for that. It was wonderful to be with you. And does anybody want to say really quick something, like one sentence, what really spoke to them? Anybody would like to share? Just stand up and say it. Don't be shy. You weren't shy during the conference. Come on. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm really happy that God spoke to each of you and that you have wonderful and greater things for your life and that God is going to use you in great ways for this generation coming up. And thanks for everyone who came and for those who weren't able to make it. The other students will be sharing with you and helping you to be blessed. Amen. <laughs> Guys, thumbs up back there. got three computers you just you're trying to figure out which one to use or what so how about them patriots yeah okay how many want the patriots to win okay y'all can come over to my house the rest of you stay away <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want, Mike? Seahawks. Okay, guys, we can't wait any longer. If you can't do it, we will put it off till the end of service. How about that? All right, sounds good. Let's turn to our Bibles, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're continuing to talk about the subject of favor. And I want to talk about the force of favor the force of favor this morning. Anybody had any incredible acts of favor happen to you this week? Have you guys ever randomly went into a store and there's a sale and you're like, oh my gosh, this is incredible? Like, and you didn't plan to go? Like yesterday, my wife was like, hey, let's go into Kohl's because we were at um, Carl's Jr. there and we, after we worked out, you, know, you work out, you get a hamburger, you know, right? <laughs> And because uh, you deserve it, and then uh, she's like, "Let's go into let's go into Kohl's." So we go into Kohl's, and like everything's on sale. Like you know, all the men's clothes eighty percent. We like five dollars, eight dollars. You know, I mean, incredible. So we we gather this whole cart of stuff together, which we didn't plan to buy, right? And I'm just thinking how much it costs. Then you bring it to the counter. You know, Kohl's is cool because then you ask them, "Is there any coupons?" And of course, it's another 20% off the whole thing. So literally, you know, you get $700 worth of merchandise for 100 bucks. You know? That's like, I mean, nice stuff. So if any of you guys and ladies are looking for stuff, like good sales on everything right now. 
But I just look at that as the favor of God, you know, the, the favor of God to purchase things and to bless you. And he, he is the God of good deals, amen? And he will lead you to them. And many times you're not, you're not even looking for it. So look here, it says, and Jesus in Luke 2, 52, our main text for this series, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Remember last week I put in my name there, and Bob grows in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Let's say it together and put your name in there, and grows in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. I have a new definition of favor for you this morning that I want to present to you. It says, favor, and we'll put it up on the screen, is the affection of God towards you. God is affectionate towards you. That releases an influence Can you guys put that up there? Through you so that other people are inclined to like, trust, and cooperate with you. I'll say it again. Favor is the affection of God towards you that releases an influence through you so that other people are inclined to like you. I mean, it's, it's nice to be liked. If you're working on a team anywhere, you've got to be liked by your team. Like, trust, and cooperate with you. Trust is so important when it comes to favor. Um, When you build a platform of trust in your life, especially with the people around you, there's a favor upon you. As as a leader, as a parent, um, you, you, if you need something done, who do you choose? You choose the one that can be trusted that you know will follow through with what you've asked. And then therefore you don't have to worry about it because you know it will get done because in the past they have proven to you that it will get done. And so I really want to focus on ministry and business this morning. Um, for those of you that are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, Um, God wants to give you favor for that so that you can grow in that area of your life. Now, for example, let's first go to the book of Job. You don't need to turn there if you don't want to, but Job chapter one. um, Job, historically, I remember Tony Cook said this one time, so don't quote me, but probably Job was written before the book of Genesis. So it's not like the book we necessarily get a lot of doctrine that we live by today because we live in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, and we live really by the letters of Paul. But God gave us all these certain books to teach us and to reveal to us himself. And we immediately see the favor message talked about and taught about in the book of Job. You think about the first real insight into favor and how it operates. And in the very first chapter, we, we read about the phenomenal blessings of Job and what, what he had. Uh, listen to this. 7,000 sheeps. <laughs> I don't know if I want 7,000 sheeps. I mean, one or two is enough or a goat on your property, but 7,000? I mean, you've got to have a big staff to take care of these, these sheep, right? To feed them, take care of them. Oh, look at this. 3,000 camels. Whoa. 
3,000. 500 yoke of oxen. 500 donkeys. Now, I don't know if that's prosperity or not, you know. I mean, donkeys, uh, you know. And, and a large number of servants, meaning he had a lot of people working for him. Large number of servants. All of those people you've got to take care of. You've got a house. You've got to feed. You've got to coordinate. When you have thousands of animals, it's a big business. Big business. It says there, he was the greatest man among all the people in the East. With favor comes influence. With influence comes likability. With likability comes, comes divine connections. With divine connections comes uh, money-making opportunities, entrepreneurship. But then after that comes responsibility. Responsibility, work, management, stewardship. Look here in Job chapter 10 and verse 12. In the King James Version says this about Job. Thou hast granted me, he's saying it about himself, thou hast granted me life and favor and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit. Hmm. Job walked under the supernatural blessings of God's favor. Why is that? Because God visited him when he prayed. Because of the increased manifest presence of God in his life, the favor of God was upon him. Because he understood what it meant to commune with God. He understood that God was affectionate towards him. And that through that, the influence was given to him. Through him, people liked him and they trusted him and they cooperated with him and he became the richest man of his time. This is the effect of favor. God's presence on you is God's favor around you. God's presence on you is God's favor around you. I don't, have you ever gone somewhere? Like if I go to a, go preach at another church, you know, and a lot of times I'll, I'll go talk to the youth and hang out with the youth and depending on if it's a conference or not. But it seems that in the midst of the group, there's always that one or that two where you can just tell the presence of God is on them and, and there's something special about who they are. There's a special calling and destiny upon their lives and it's evident because of who they are and what they carry. And you, can, you don't even need to talk to them. You can see them from a distance. You can see how they interact with people. You can see how they, a lot of times if I go to another church, they'll be the, the pastor's right-hand man, you know, running around, pastor asks this, pastor asks that, running around doing things, you know, helping things, troubleshooting things. And you, you can just see the favor of God because of their willingness to do whatever it takes to get the job done. It just, it just rests on them, the presence of God. So here we have Job who had influence. He opened his mouth and the scriptures say that those who heard him, his words were like butter. It says that the elders of the gate sought wisdom from his mouth. So he had the power of persuasion. And Job knew that in order to guard the blessing of God, he was very careful to build a hedge of prayer around himself. To the point now that Satan 
made a complaint about it before the throne of God. See, the force of favor attracts not only God's blessing, but Satan's envy. And you all know what happened. When Job finally eventually came out of all his troubles, God restored Job and his fortune. And what happened? Double. Double. What does that mean? Double. We're talking here, okay, um, 14,000, everything, uh, 6,000, <laughs> 14, now, now double everything. Double everything, uh, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, oxen, 1,000 donkeys, and a larger probably number of servants. Now, Job shows us how God restores, now listen to this. Job shows us how God restores to his embattled saints a double portion of blessing and power at the end of the conflict. Double. Because we all go through things. There's always battles. There's always situations that we're in. And if you stay true to him and trust him through it, amen? Job was was tempted by his friends to give up on God, but he didn't. Stay true, trust him through it, praise him in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of the battle, and God will bring back to you a double portion of what you lost. The devil has got to return it and multiply it. Amen? So what does favor do for us today? Well, guess what? There's favor to be had for you as a young person, as a teenager, for you as a college student. There's favor to be had for every single person in this room. In, In no matter what stage of life that you're in, Think about young people. Favor makes ordinary students shine in an extraordinary way. Favor makes coaches notice you. Favor makes makes directors cast you. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Favor makes makes teachers become mentors to you because they see something in you. Are you there? Favor makes bosses promote you. Hallelujah. It makes lonely singles attractive. Can singles say amen? Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm serious. The favor of God. When I walked by that classroom one day at Rama Bible Training Center and I saw this lady playing the guitar in that, that classroom in the children's ministry, I saw the favor of God upon her. Because if you, if you know my wife, my wife is willing to do anything for Jesus and say whatever needs to be said, even if there's, there's controversy. She is standing up for the God that she loves. Amen? And so the favor of God is upon her. In, in, with God's favor, employees receive recognition. With God's favor, employers gain influence. With God's favor, entrepreneurs attract contracts. It's all true. Come on now. Favor 
is a magnet to the blessing and the promotion of God. Favor, however, is many times always attached to a purpose and that purpose comes with a price. There's a price alignment and not necessarily on the person, yet it's always it's on the person as well. But a lot of times that increased favor is on the assignment that God has given you. And through your faithfulness and commitment to that assignment that God has given you to see it through to the end, I believe that God, God takes a flesh and blood servant and God wraps his favor around the assignment that he gives him and around that person. In all my years of being a pastor and being in ministry, the favor of God that I see the most increase on people's lives are those who are not church hoppers, but they're committed to a church. Just stick it out. In the midst of staying in one congregation, you see character built because inevitably there's going to be conflict because there's people. Deal with their issues. What happens is when something happens within the, the group of people and the group of believers, what, what, what do they do? They just jump ship. They're like, well, their excuse is, well, I'm, I'm just not getting fed there anymore and uh, I need to leave. God, God's leading me. God's telling me to leave. That's what they always say to us. And we know it's not true. They're just using the, the God be, led, led me thing as an excuse. You guys out there? And, and God does lead people. We've had good people. We sent them out, led them out and, and move and go to where they feel God is leading them. That's one thing. But to leave disgruntled is another thing. You guys there this morning? And so in my experience, even from our, our eight years up in Tacoma, I'm still friends on Facebook with many of those people that still go to church there. They've been going there for now for 20, 25 years, and I see their lives, their kids, and the beauty of their families and their relationships, the favor of God upon their lives just blossoming because they're planted in the house that God told them to be planted in and they're flourishing in the courts of God. Hallelujah. One of, one of the couples that we married um, uh, recently, their, um, their son uh, just got a full boat scholarship. He's a football player to the University of Wyoming. Amazing grades, amazing character, amazing football player. And I see the, you can see the favor of God upon their lives. Amen? Are you guys believing God for that? So don't, don't quit on where God has planted you. Like I said, that, that blue card is your next step to favor. Next step. Really, to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this to win this. I want to be planted. I want to want to give to this house. I want to do something, Lord. If this is the house that you've led me to, because I really believe the church that you attend is not your choice; it's His. It's God. What is your assignment for me? What is your will? And what are the steps that you have laid out before me? 
And that would include the church you go to. So that assignment is, is important. You need to know down inside the assignment that God has given you. You need to pray those prayers, God, not my will, but your will be done. Lord, where do you want me to go to school? Not where I want to go. Where, where, where are you leading and guiding me? So important. If you think about Saul, Saul's sin was presumption and peer pressure. David's sin involved adultery and murder. You would think, okay, if, you, if we're weighing sins, which God doesn't, right? You would think adultery and murder is a lot worse than, than Saul's, right? Yet, God would not take away his favor from David, but he withdrew his favor from Saul. Well, why is that? Because David kept his heart right and he stayed faithful to the assignment. Stayed faithful to the assignment God gave him. Hallelujah. So if you think about it, the mistakes that you've made, the things that you've gone through, maybe you haven't gone to a church for for a while and you're back now, and this is the place where God has you, then stick to it. Stick to the assignment that God's given you. Or or wherever that may be, stick to it, be faithful. And when, when, when you enter that church or that ministry, you go up to the pastor and say, Pastor, is there anything that I can do to help you? Don't go up to him and say, hey, you know, I play the guitar and led worship and I'd like to do that next week. Guess what? You ain't gonna. Because you first have to build a platform of trust in order for favor to come upon your life to be chosen for those positions. Trust is important. Hallelujah. Favor comes towards you from God to call you into his service. Favor, and I'm, I'm talking about entrepreneurs today because there are, there are kings and there are priests. Kings meaning those who are called to the marketplace to create businesses, to make money so that that money can not only take care of them but fund the church of the living God and the kingdom of God on the earth. The priests, as myself, operating as a pastor here, preaching. If, if you look at we. I operate as a king and a priest because we have our own business. But mainly my main cause, our, our, our kingly business has helped to fund us so that we can do our main assignment, which is to be a priest. Paul did the same thing. What did he do? He made tents to fund the ministry so that he could remain in his main assignment, which is to preach the gospel to the known world and to establish and create churches and train leaders. The assignment, so important to stick to the assignment. So favor operates in your life as you work out the service that he has called you into. Then things start to go right because you're in the right place. Divine appointments abound and synergy marks your steps. Things start to pop, things start to happen. Then people come to join your cause. You take Mary, for example, we'll go back to Mary and the favor of God upon her life. Remember in Luke chapter one, uh, it talks about Mary was approached by the angel Gabriel and uh, told her that she would you know, birth the son of God. His name would be Jesus. And twice he repeated that she was highly favored. Now that word favor in the Greek is the word charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. This word reveals two things, a twofold operation of what we call the law of attraction. 
Someone say the law of attraction. The first is this. The first definition describes, number one, an attraction of God to you. God's affection for you. That doesn't mean God doesn't love everyone because he does. God does love everyone. Saved and unsaved, all the peoples of the earth. But as we grow in our relationship with him, there's a greater attraction of God to you as there was when God chose Mary. There was a reason why God chose Mary. He was attracted to her. What was he he attracted to? Her commitment, her humility, her faithfulness, and the ability for her to be trusted or or to trust her. Mm -mm -mm. So that was increasing. And secondly, this law of attraction twofold describes the release of an influence through you that inclines other people to trust, like, and assist you in your assignment. When you, when you start a business, you need people, right? When you start a church, you need people. And so as far as the business is concerned, you may not have the money to hire them outright, but maybe you can hire some people temporarily on a contractual basis for a period of time to get things done. We've, we've didn't done the same thing when we were building houses. I can't necessarily afford to hire a finished carpenter, so I learned how to do it myself, but I hired somebody else to be alongside of me to carry things. The older you are, you don't want to carry things. And to help and to be a blessing. And I can say that every time we engaged in certain things, I believed God for favor for the right subs and the right contractors to get the job done. Amen? And every time, there was a couple of times I made bad decisions, but almost every time the decisions that were made, we were able to build that project and finish that project on time and below budget. That attraction, that assignment, you're starting a business, you, you're believing God for the right people. You, want, you don't want to just hire a hireling to help you. You want to hire somebody that has a heart connection. You want to hire somebody that has the same passion for the business as you do, that represents you when you're not there, that answers the phones when, the way that you would answer the phones, that answers questions the way you answer questions so that, so that when somebody calls, the, the business is represented well so they'll, they'll make the purchase, so they'll come back to the chiropractor office, right? Because there's connections made from as you walk in the door to be greeted to the person who takes you back to, um, to, um, to the chiropractor himself to when you meet with Eileen and she takes your money. Amen? Before she ever came to church here, that's where I met her at the other place down here in that little office they stuck you in there. And there was Eileen. Little did we know. It's a good thing I, good thing I was a nice person at the time, right? Amen? Be careful because you never know what the future holds for relationships and the people you meet. And I've seen Christians act horribly in the midst of public places, thinking to myself, are you, are you a believer? Are you kidding me? Don't you know that people are watching you? It's true. And so is Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you remember Job's confession that God gave him life and favor by his visitation? Here, Mary gained favor 
and God visited her. She had a big visitation, right? And here we see in Mary's life how, how it was applied. God is a to visit you. And when he comes to visit you, he leaves you different from before he came with his presence. Leaves you different. In Mary's case, she was left different. She was left pregnant. You guys out there? I mean, in addition to the many names of God, whether that be uh, Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Nisi or Jehovah Sidkenu, God, one of God's other names is Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Amen? God is looking to bless you. And when he visits you, because you're, you desire his presence, meeting, that's why worship in church is so important because desiring his presence is meeting with him and visiting with him and communing with him. And so can you guys turn the heat up two degrees? Thank you. Or three or four. Thank you. I can feel it on my shoulders and I know my wife can feel it too. Every time we need to do that. Okay, so in Mary's case, she's less pregnant. When God visits you, he impregnates you. What does he impregnate you with? In the midst of worship, just don't sing the songs. Believe to meet with him. Believe to hear his voice and, and believe God to impregnate you with the vision or the assignment or the mission that he has for you. Talk about open womb, okay? There's this open womb, which we would call our heart, and so Mary was impregnated by Jesus, but we have this open womb that needs to be filled with the assignment from heaven in order for us to be filled and fulfilled. Because life is not fulfilling in, in doing it our own way. Okay, Frank Sinatra's song is not biblical. I did it my way. Okay, you, you can do it your way all you want, but it's not going to eventually work. And it didn't work for him in the end, <laughs> Right? even though he was a phenomenal singer. But you, if you think about it, there's this open womb on the inside of us waiting to be filled and impregnated with the vision that God has pre-planned for you from the beginning of the world. He created you and, and knew that you would be here and knew that you would have the talents you would have because he gave them to you and he's got an assignment for you. Somebody say an assignment. And you may not understand it all at first, but once the favor of God comes, the assignment becomes more personal and compelling. Hallelujah. When you spend prolonged time in God's presence, it's natural at some point that you conceive his desire. Literally, birthed into a spiritual womb. You guys know Al-Qaeda, right? Terrorists, Al-Qaeda. If you think about it, when a group of Al-Qaeda terrorists opened up their womb to the spirit realm, they received a direct infusion of Satan's desire into their hearts. Are you there? The event of September 11th were not conceived in the mind of Islamic extremists. They were conceived by an intelligence operating in the realm of spiritual wickedness in heavenly places and transferred into the waiting This is the reason, guys, for a call to a deeper relationship with God and intimacy and worship. 
And God is seeking to set apart a people into whom he can birth by the Spirit the initiatives and the desires of heaven. Now, as we close, you think about the, the parable of the, the tares and the wheat. You guys remember that parable? How Jesus taught that the tares would increase and grow at the same time that the wheat would grow. And so, in Matthew chapter 13, if you want to look up that scripture, we'll put it on the screen. As we, as we come down the close here, it says, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The tares represent the children of the devil. The wheat are the children of God. Both harvests multiply at the same time. When you, when you open up your womb and your heart towards the seed of the word of God, you will see the manifestation of the works of God through you. God wants to operate through you on this earth. But God requires that you keep your heart closed off to every other spirit. It requires that. God wants you to be resistant towards Satan's temptation of compromise. And as we know, the pull of the world, especially young people, hopefully you're not on your phones right now, you're on the Bible app, you're not on Snapchat, right? Listen. Because the the pull of the Antichrist through your little phone screen is increasing. If anything, distracting generation from doing what God's asked them to do. Yielding to the spirit of the world or to the love of the world is equivalent, according to James chapter 4, of committing you adultery. James 4, 4 says this, says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. It's pretty, pretty direct from the brother of Jesus here. What is God trying to say? Allow and let your whole heart to be set apart for God's purposes alone. Guard your affections and embrace the desire of God for your life. And God will not only accomplish mighty things through you, he will also bless that, listen, which is also the desires of your own heart. Remember it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. There, there's a, literally, everybody listening, there's this coming together the desires placed in you and the desires of heaven. And as we're in his presence and worshiping him and in his word, the desires begin to come together and they begin to mesh together. So you may think, well, how does me going to school and studying you know, finance and business, how, how does that incorporate into God's plan for my life? Because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. God has a plan for that. There's a plan for that. 
He can use people who understand finances. He can use people in every realm of life. That's why being an entrepreneur in business is not a lower position in the kingdom of heaven compared to being in ministry because your business is a ministry. And what you do is important. Amen? Because we need you out there. We need you not only doing honest business and producing honest products, but we need you intermingling with the people that need Jesus. Amen? And you may not ever witness to them, but as your business grows and as things pop and prosper and and people can just tell the favor of God is upon your business, they're going to ask you, what is up? All these other businesses that have started have closed and you're still here, still operating, still growing, still hiring people, still being blessed. Somebody say favor. Come on, say favor. You got to want it. You got to believe it because it's available. The favor of God is available to help you to make your business a success. This is the of sons and daughters who are true co-laborers in that which the Father is doing. As kings and priests, listen, we have the authority to initiate, create, and call forth whatever is in line with the assignment. Whatever's in line with that assignment. You need that special machine for your, for your assembly line, you call that machine forth. Well, I don't have all the money. Well, call it forth. Call the money forth. Say, money come. Call that machine forth. And I thank you, Lord, for the, mo- the, for the best deal ever. Do you, know, do you guys know that wherever you go, you can negotiate? What a better deal. Is this your bottom line price? Before I ever go look at a car, because we buy all of our cars off Craigslist, and, and you can negotiate there or you can negotiate the dealer. But even before I go look at it, I say, well, before I come there, um, is the price negotiable? You know, and if they're like, nope, that's my firm price. Well, I ain't coming. Because I'm looking for favor and I'm looking for a deal. Amen? I went to uh, Guitar Center today, uh, oh, no, this past week. Do you know you can negotiate in a retail shop? Guitar Center, the price is just not the price. They've got wiggle room. What they're hoping is that you don't ask them if it's negotiable. That's in my business. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping someone just reserves online. It's just done and they pay full price. But I, I, I got $500 off of this thing that I bought there. 500 bucks off. Hallelujah. It's a lot of money. It was a big item, but, but thank God uh, it was negotiable. And then they'll start throwing in. We see we got new mic stands. Oh, here, here's a free mic stand. And let me give you a free, some free, uh, you know, mic cords. And I'm like, well, is there anything else? Am I missing anything else? You know, is there a coupon behind the desk? Uh, um, what if I wash windows this week? Can you give me another thousand dollars off? You know, you know, the favor of God, wherever you go. Remember we talked about that last week? You get up and you just think the favor of God is upon me wherever I go today. I'm going to sit in that boardroom and the favor of God is going to be upon us and we will sign that contract with that other company today. That's the way you got to think. Being faithful. Mm. It does so much. It does so many things. And if you think about 
initiate, create, and call forth whatever is in line with your assignment. Most people, guys, miss this wonderful aspect of the call of God. It's wonderful. The talents. If you think about these talents, when Jesus gave the talents to the three servants, remember the story? When he gave 10, 5, and was it 1? 10, 5, and 1. He gave the talents to these three guys and he told them to go out and invest in to multiply them. Now, he gave them those instructions and then he gave them a time period to produce fruit. But he, listen, he didn't tell them exactly what to do. He didn't give them specific instructions on how to invest it. What was he relying upon? Their initiative, their creativity, right? Their connections, the knowledge that they have. Obviously, the one who brought, didn't, didn't give any increase, didn't take any initiative, and he was penalized for it. It was taken away and given to the one who did. What does that show us as far as the kingdom of heaven is concerned? He left them on their own to invest and multiply the gifts he gave. Then he returned and he had them give account of what they did on their own with the talents, with his talents to multiply. We have more latitude to co-create than we realize. Than we realize. Too many times we don't want to take the initiative because we are bound to laziness and unmotivation. And God is saying, get up, believe me, get out your doors, intermingle with the world, and do something. Remember last week we said that the expanse of the favor upon your life has to do with how you interact and relate with people and the expanse of your friendship realm. When God made Adam... He put him over his creation. And then later on, he showed up to see what Adam did as far as naming the animals. Gave him creativity. Said, here's your assignment, name the animals. I'll give it to you. Trust you to do it. And Adam was free to create within the realm of his, the realm of his assignment, and so are we. So are we. So when anybody, when you talk to somebody about being, you know, being a Christian, and people are like, well, you know, I don't want to come to church, and that whole Christianity thing, a bunch of rules and regulations and this, and no, 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 no. First of all, God has an assignment for you, and that assignment is going to fit in with how he already made you and the DNA that he's placed in you. And he's going to help you to get your goals reached faster than you ever could in your own intelligence or in your own education because God is literally for you and wants you to succeed. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to have more than enough. He wants you to have favor in the community because what does it all come down to? Representing him as ambassadors wherever you are. And how do we change the culture of a city with a message of hope? Exactly that way. 
We're out there doing every day what we're supposed to do in the assignment that he's placed us in. God is prospering us. God is blessing us. People are asking. They're looking. They notice something different about you. The favor of God is upon your life. The increase of God is upon your life. And it's evident all over you. Favor. It's good stuff. Favor. So we see that definition again as we close. Ben, thank you for coming. Favor is the affection of God towards you that releases an influence through you so that other people are inclined to like, trust, and cooperate with you. If people don't like you, then you need to check yourself. If, you're, if you have an obnoxious personality and people don't like you, you need to change that. And he'll help you do it. What have, favor increases likability. Likability. Amen? Hallelujah.